0: It's Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 61. I'm Nick Cole, and this is Single Light Medusa. Could things get any worse?
1: Woo! I guess what things have taught us lately is they can always get worse, even when you think they can't, but things are pretty bad. Things are pretty... I don't know. I think we're both feeling a little frustrated today with stuff going on?
0: Well, I've just been working, so I'm just frustrated with work.
1: Oh. I mean, I've been working <laughs> too, but um, yeah. I know like, I, I was really frustrated with yeah. the FDA yeah. approving the Pfizer vaccine sure. today, yeah. which made them instantly jump on... Yeah. Hey, now we can mandate. Now we can really mandate. Let's do some yeah. more. They didn't major even wait mandates. like 20 minutes. <laughs> I know. They were know. like,
0: Joe Biden, current car and you got to get the restroom mandate. <laughs> and like, like anything to distract for, from <laughs> well, Operation Ongoing debacle <laughs> uh, in Afghanistan. But like, yeah, like, I mean, I think. Um, one, I'd like to stop being so right about August. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to get that wrong uh, for this last uh, seven days now. If that could just, like, really... Like, if if, if the sh- if, if, if the sky could just shower cotton candy and rainbow unicorns for the next seven days, I would be appreciative. Um, because my original production prediction was that you and I would be at the top of a nearby building in the downtown financial district... Um, and I'd be down to uh, I'd be what's called black on magazines, which means you're down to your just last magazine. I can't cross
1: that and yes, in your Yes, the Rangers today, were so down to black means. on mags,
0: <laughs> and um, I'd be black on magazines and uh, a lot of commie zombies to still get through.
1: So there's. I that. hope
0: you like the big jump.
1: will see I hope you thing. like
0: jumping to your death, because that's what it's heading towards.
1: But see, that's the good news is we're not quite there yet. So. <laughs> As
0: George Costanza would say, ha ho I love that. See, you love it. I love George it. George Costanza yeah. always brings you back.
1: <laughs> it's always good for a laugh. You love it. And Elaine. You love Elaine a good it's always good
0: for a, a laugh. a good, round, balding Jewish man. <laughs> You're helpless for Jews.
1: I love Jewish you people. You love Jews. I do. They're yeah. great. It's because
0: they're your people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was perfectly willing to think you might be right. Maybe yeah. I had a little Jewish, but um, no, I got the... Uh,
0: 23andMe? You got the the commie DNA capture?
1: No, but I got the Ancestry.com. Same thing. I know. I wouldn't have done it, but my mom bought it for me for a gift, and I didn't want to hurt her feelings.
0: So now you're in the communist. (laughs) Now they can make the bioweapon to kill you if you watch that video that we posted from last week. Mm -hmm. The giddy vaccinologist talks about the ability to kill anybody in the world with a tailored vaccine. One single
1: person. One very specific person. I mean, literally,
0: why don't you break break into Jasmine and Aladdin's whole new world like at that point? Felt like. You gay ass weirdo Frankensteinian commie. You know, geez, the, the shit that they think is fun and interesting. Oh, I know. You know, like, why don't you invent a flying car?
1: Yeah.
0: Why don't you invent rocket pants? <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Why don't you invent, like, I don't know. Like, uh,
1: the, the thing like on the... stuff
0: out of Willy Wonka. Like yeah. a candy bar that tastes like an entire meal.
1: Or stuff from the Jetsons. Yeah. Like, I used to love, like,. Oh, they just go through this conveyor belt and it like dresses them in like a really cool outfit and does their hair and stuff. No,
0: No, instead we've got vaccines that can kill one specific person on the planet. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's who we're dealing with. Great
0: job, everybody. Great job. (laughs) We're having a Phil's Coffee today at Jacob's Wonder Bar. And because there's a thing in California here where um, the permanently afraid, everything is fear. We're going to talk about that today. Um, They have jammed basically every store with phone orders and so what happens is they make your drinks and they all sit out there and they're horrible and so now like some sort of bronze age troglodyte i am forced to go in and order my drink in person so that i can assure because if you think co- uh, like Talk talkers coffee i mean i would say talkers like me on crack but i'm pretty passionate about coffee i would say and mm-hmm. And I have a whole process. You don't want to know how many grinders I bought this year to get the right grinder. (laughs) I know. Uh, I just, I, and I'm really like, if I get the big runaway, like if Bitcoin just spikes and I'm loaded beyond belief, and it is spiking, uh, you're going to see some real coffee obsession. Cool. I'm getting the the double eagle brass espresso machine. Hmm. I'm getting all the things.
1: I don't even know about this. Is this a it, real thing?
0: Oh yeah, wow. yeah, it's a big thing. It's like always been a thing. It's been it's the double eagle brass espresso machine is the like the restaurant grade big brass monstrosity that like really expresses the bean down to its I might actually have to start a store just to like sort of digest that but mainly so someone can keep it in operation anytime i want to drink
1: yeah and is this like the beautiful actual brass color like that nice
0: coppery color it's huge it's, it's a thing of beauty
1: wow it's
0: a thing of beauty that's cool yeah but it's really for a working restaurant it would be kind of ridiculous it's <laughs> yeah. like lifestyles on the rich and famous and they'd go into some guy's house and they're like and kevin has his own pizza oven <laughs> Well, you want Lifestyles on <laughs> the Richard... I- but, like, in the 1990s, you're on pizza oven was like, and look, he has the Blues Brothers outside in his garden, and he takes <laughs> yeah. a Porsche Mercedes to his garage, you know? And all these just sort of, like, super ridiculous... My favorite one was the lottery winner episode. Oh, man. Because it really revealed, like... I always thought, like, no, like, people who've never had money can, you know, like, suddenly have class. and Which was the premise, I think, of Steve Martin's movie The Jerk. Um, And then I realized, like, yeah, some people, when you give them money, they they really make all the wrong choices. And the lottery winner episode really, really proved that. So, so there's where at we're at today. The government got the green light to now uh, force you all, everybody, um, to play their game. And it was instant. It was funny. It was instant because it was um, vaccines and masks. They jumped right to that. And I noticed. Even in my coffee house, all the kids just submitted and they're all in mass again really? today. So yeah. it's kind of interesting, but um, I don't think that's going to go well. I think we've reached the defining sort of pushback moment. If people don't push back, then you can just kiss your freedoms goodbye because you'll do any... If you'll go to this crime scene, you will go to any crime scene, but I have a feeling um, it's not going to work out too well. Let me digest all that, see how that plays, but uh, it is interesting that... We have a government right now that can in no way, shape or form lead and everything has to be mandor- mandatory, mandated rules, levies, fines, force you, cops, chokehold. Like no one knows how to lead anymore. No one knows how to step out and say, this is the thing that I believe and I'm going to do it for my health and safety. And then let all the sheeple kind of look at that and they go, you know what? I like the cut of that guy's leadership. I think I'm gonna do that too. No, it has to be, you know, a metaphorical or actual gun in your face, and the threat that if you don't do this, we will ruin your life. And that's not leadership. And I, like, if I was gonna make one big statement today about the entire thing, I would say this: that's how you no longer, you, you know, you're no longer living in a free society. Everything must be compulsory. So let's just give up that illusion. And I think you're all going to arrive at a conclusion that would get me arrested right now if I said it. But I'm going to tell you right now, probably by the end of the month, you're going to arrive at that conclusion. You've protested. You've rioted. You've been disobedient. You've said no. All these kinds of things. And they've heard all that. They've disregarded that. They've violated the laws. They've stolen from you. They've taken your money and given it to everybody in the entire world. Except you. Everything is done at your expense. And there's no dawn on the horizon in which that is going to change. In fact, they're going to do it to you more harder. Yeah. So what what conclusion do you think you're gonna reach? Not playing anymore. Yeah, you're not gonna play. And most likely that's gonna invo- involve involve V I O L E N C E
1: You make it sound so nice.
0: Yeah. Like Mickey Mouse Club. (laughs) Yeah. V-I-L-O-E-N-C-E. I I forget. Something like that. Something (laughs) like that. But she could make a thing. You could do a thing. As my mother would always say, if I do like any kind of thing like that, she goes, we could do that. That could be a song. We could make a business out of that. My (laughs) mother is the eternal optimist sort of from the um, Judy Garland, uh, not Mickey Rourke, but Mickey Rooney. The Julie Garland and Mickey Rourke would be pretty funny. Um, but the, the let's put on a show and save the farm. That's, you want, you want to know my mom? That's my mom right there.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mom. There you go. Exactly. <laughs>
0: okay. So you were going to talk a little bit about first what?
1: Um.
0: Cause it is Medusa Monday,
1: Monday, Monday. Well, I saw a couple of things either over the weekend or this morning or both. I can't remember, but, um, sort of illustrating how, uh, They use a different fear tactic and have pretty much almost once a year for this entire century thus far. Mm -hmm. So I um and there were I agree with this. Yeah, there were a couple um different things that I had seen on Telegram and you liked both of them and they were sort of the same thing. Um
0: and as you get into it, I'm gonna jump in and say like. The first thing that I was ever taught to be afraid of as a kid was nuclear war. Stop, drop, and roll. Yeah,
1: me too. In California,
0: that, that also applied to earthquakes, but really, it was about nuclear weapons.
1: Okay, yeah, but I do... Hmm. I'm trying to think when I was in school, I think it was more about... Earthquakes, earthquakes?
0: probably. Earthquakes, but yeah, yeah but it, I do remember but stop, drop, and roll. it really wasn't... No, a,
1: fire. Like If fire. you if you, like, <laughs> you get stop. set on fire, you have to yeah. stop, drop, and roll. Well, all
0: those things are valid, but like I think the existential fears was for me the beginning was um, and I remember the teachers saying you know you could die in 45 minutes yeah I that the missiles could be that. launched yeah. from Siberia and they could hit the west coast and and you would be dead in 45 minutes and that's why we do these stop drop and roll drills I remember in I want to say the ninth grade but it might have even been the seventh grade but I feel like it was the ninth grade there was a movie made for television movie about the day after and um, there was some controversial, content in there and I went to a private school and they asked the parents you know, if you want your kids to see this you can see it we're all going to watch it um, and my mom said no I don't want them to see it you know and so I got to sit out in the hall and and I would usually draw these sort of like uh, giant sword frights because I'd seen Excalibur but I don't really know how to draw I don't really know how to draw caveman don't know how to draw <laughs> caveman only see draw see draw good um <laughs> But I don't know how to draw, so I would just draw stick figures with giant swords, and that—that <laughs> that was pretty fun for me. A lot of a lot of stick men got cut in half. A lot of stick men were thrown from the parapets. Um, and then I mastered the shield, like which was just a circle, you know. <laughs> so, if anybody would like that, I will draw that for you, and then um, you can all bid on it, and then we could do it for charity. We could pick a, a cool charity and. I'm 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 keen to give some money to dog rescues after those bastard Australians shot their dogs to death. Yeah,
1: that so. was. And you and I are not even like the biggest No, I'm not even a big dog
0: guy, grow. but I'm like what kind of monsters horrible. do that shit?
1: Yeah, that yeah. that was so
0: terrible. And and the answer was, "Oh, we didn't we didn't kill them to stop COVID. We killed them to prevent you from coming and rescuing them." I'm like I think you just described the plot of every villain movie I've ever I think isn't that what Cruella DeVille was trying to do? I know. Before anybody could pick yeah. up the dog, she was going to skin him. Australia, you're, you're now officially Cruella DeVille. So um, if anybody would like me to draw a giant stick figure level epic battle and then auction that off and give all the money to a cool animal charity. Um, I, I did one, a short story one time, for uh, service dogs for vets. So that was pretty cool we could do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm not that big of a person to be able to be able to do that. But if I could help dogs... I'm getting pretty down with dogs lately, Australians. Um, like I said on Twitter, I am not opposed to having the public office, government office, that made that order to kill the dogs, um, jade and then to have the 82nd Airborne uh, invade Australia, rescue all the dogs, and then burn the entire subcontinent to the ground. That
1: would be really awesome.
0: I don't think that's extreme.
1: <laughs> okay, so like... <clears throat> here is the first one uh, that I was talking about, and it was sort of someone kind of just hand wrote this all out, and it has almost every year. Hand wrote. Hand wrote. Well, hand writ. What hand, would you say? Hand wrote. They hand
0: wrote. it. men not know how I you speak. That, I think that's right. right. speak hope.
1: They wrote it by hand. They hand.
0: Hand wrote, wrote sounds it. good in my generation. Carve on wall.
1: I think. Make I picture. Think makes sense. Big hunt. <laughs> okay. Um, so here it goes. Shall I say the years like that they skip, or shall I just read?
0: Uh, yeah, say the years that they okay. skip, because we had some commentary on that.
1: Or you did, because you're so smart.
0: Why, thank you. So, Cavemen have no advanced degree, but cavemen figure out wheel circle <laughs> and circle good. Cavemen afraid of sky moon.
1: <laughs> okay. So, starting with the year 2000, Y2K is going to destroy everything. We all remember that, or most of us do. Uh, 2001 anthrax is going to kill us all 2002 west nile virus is going to kill us all
0: i was pretty th- worried about that one actually
1: see it's yeah. they were effective because
0: we had west nile here in orange county i was like ah crap yeah
1: 2003 sars is going to kill us all then Wasn't i Skip 2004 and then 2005. Well, in 2004,
0: we'll provide the running commentary. The thing that was going to kill you is George Bush getting elected again. Yes. So yeah. they had, they had, to, they had to. They had to. They had to. To really focus all your fear on uh, how awful George Bush was. And I made a comment when he left. I said, "Give it 20 years, and he'll be considered a great president." I remember. And and it took faster because they hated Trump so much. But yep. man, you think that they hated Trump, and they did. But they hated him then so much that they they dialed back on the fear uh, meter, and so that they could they could sell you Frankenstein, John Kerry.
1: Exactly. So then, 2005, bird flu is going to kill us all. 2006, E. coli is going to kill us all. 2000, they skipped 2007.
0: Now it's funny. Now bird flu, I was down on. I was like, okay. I don't like birds. I think they're dirty already. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever I'd be on, like, my exercises or walks or runs, I'd see a dead bird, and I'd, like, steer around. I'm like, hey, bird flu right there. You know, so, like, I was already cautious of them. E. coli, I had been through the early 90s when Jack in the Box had a big E. coli scare, and it killed a bunch of people. And so, I knew with E. coli, like, generally, if you cook meat pretty pretty well, I wasn't too afraid of it what um, about when
1: it's on like vegetables like lettuce and yeah
0: like i sandwich. think that that was a problem uh but it i remember it not not flooring me as much as it should have
1: yeah um so they skipped 2007.
0: now why did we skip 2007 because you needed to be afraid of racism because barack obama was about to be the president you need to be afraid of racism or um, men ruling the world, because it was either going to be Hillary, probably was going to be Hillary, and then Barack Obama and someone put the knife in her in June, and that was it. So then for 2007, the rest of that, you needed to really be afraid of, of, of being a white racist. That was the beginning of that. This was, the, this was our finest hour. We had finally achieved the ability, um, believe it or not, black people could actually be presidents. Believe it or not, black people could be doctors. Like, And that's something like, yeah, all of us were like, yeah, black people can do anything. Yeah, we need um, that. They're people. They're not, yeah. I know you want to call them black people. and like, You can always see the racism when they go, can you believe they're the first black this? And you're like, yeah, I have no problem believing that. Yeah. I've always believed that black people can do anything. <laughs> exactly. I think black people believe that black people can be, do anything. I think the only people that don't believe black people are capable of anything are rich white liberals. Yep. They seem to think that black people are morons or special children or people who are incapable of actually having ID or knowing where the DMV is or taking care of themselves in a basic manner meanwhile the one black guy that I see fairly consistently um, has two medical degrees and cuts skin cancer out of me and seems to live a pretty great life traveling around the world I'm pretty sure he knows where the DMV is and has an ID
1: oh yeah (laughs) more than we do Um, so then 2008 financial collapse is going to kill us all 2009, swine flu is going to kill us all. And then they skipped.
0: I got swine flu. I know. And it, it did feel like I was going to die. Yeah. I yeah, know. it was pretty rough. It was. For about, uh, it was it was a good rough week. It was really rough there for about two or three days. hmm Um, and I did have like two moments where I thought, I think I'm dying now. Um, and it it was pretty rough. And then, but I then I took the test, and they said, Nah, you don't have the swine flu. And I always thought, well, that's odd because I do have it. I can tell I have it. And now I know how ridiculous testing is. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to know how ridiculous testing is, um, the creepiest two dudes in the world joined forces to for, to purchase a large testing company. Yeah. And so now, like, the funny thing about the mandate, and, and this one might have been a bad play for Gates and Soros. Um, those two bought a, a major testing company because the vaccine is now going to mandate is going to be mandated so you have the vaccine so there's no more testing you just have to get the vaccine and kind of how they were going to make money I think was on making sure that the testing was still a big component you could you can test or you can be vaccinated but we all know what's going to happen you're going to need to be vaxxed and because the vaccines don't work you're going to need to be tested that's too. what I was going to say You're you yeah. are now going to dedicate minimum I'm just going to throw this out there minimum if you play this game minimum one day a week out of your life is going to be donated to medical testing. Like you're going to have, like that's your day where you're like, I got a test. And they're like, Oh, well we don't want to stretch you out. So you can have this half day off. And what you're going to see is you're going to see society go to a four day work week, which it kind of already is really might even be heading to a three day work week. But now there'll be like one day of the week where people have to go get tested and it'll be staggered. And so you'll try to do business with that company. And they will be like, Oh, it's Sheila's testing day. Testing day is what it's going to be called. And you'll be like, oh, well, can anyone do Sheila's job? Nope. Only Sheila can do Sheila's job, which is always a big lie. Someone knows how to do Sheila's job. They just don't want to do Sheila's job. But Sheila's off getting tested. And then Sheila will come back. And then you'll call back on that day. And they'll be all, Sheila, um, I called in yesterday. I know. It's my testing day. And then you'll have to have this lame-ass conversation about her testing day. And you'll just want to just eat the barrel of a gun because the society is ridiculous It is a giant, fearful, uh, kindergarten, preschool, cotton candy, no sharp edges society, where people die all the time, and it's just a a constant crisis.
1: Exactly. I hate it! (laughs) Me too. So then they skip 2010 and 2011... And I well because what your well, that doesn't that. because
0: because Obama was doing the magic so great Obama. Yeah. because Obama was doing so great. there was nothing to be afraid of. yeah. well, there was lots to be afraid of. I could go dive through those two two years on newspaper articles alone and remember what an ongoing unmitigated disaster Obama was. yeah. Exactly. um oh, I can tell I think that was that was Benghazi probably yeah. you know that and Hillary was in the. Hillary was helping the people who want to make all the choices like summed up in Joe Biden today making another decision when literally you could go to him if you were an employee at your company and say, I don't think you've made any good decisions so far. I don't think any of your decisions so far merit you making more decisions. Exactly. But remember, if you think it's bad now, both Hillary and Obama were helping out the United States of America.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was was awful. That's Um, why we elected Trump. You want more Trump? keep doing what biden's doing exactly his rally this weekend was on fire and he was absolutely right
1: it looks like that
0: everything woke is shit that's what the president of the united states said and he was absolutely right sorry mom
1: <laughs> it looks like that was in 2012 but anyway there was lots of obama stuff going on. yeah um
0: well remember hillary was going around the world making everything great and obama was the tan suit and oh it's so much ma- can you tell us about any ma- have there been magic- any magical moments here and You know, nothing could, we were all supposed to feel that Obama was in charge. It didn't get worse until Obama started to leave, and then we had to have some fear. What was our fear in 2015,
1: 2016? Well, first off, 2012 was the Mayan calendar predicts the world (laughs) ending. That was, (laughs) I never believed
0: in that one. I'm like, well, then how come the Mayans didn't see the the conquistadors? Well, that was really the Aztecs, but, you know, like, the Mayans just disappeared. Um, but it's well, you just like how come the Mayans didn't see what happened to the Mayans
1: exactly if how ca-
0: so probably what happened is how come the Mayans didn't see the Aztecs who like to like held this like ceremony once every forty nine years where they ripped everybody's hearts out from dusk till dawn and usually used the people that were uh conquered to do that? How come the Mayans didn't see that
1: exactly huh? Huh, yeah. Mayans no. so
0: that was pretty dumb that was pretty dumb, but it was something people needed to be afraid of. It was another civilization ending moment and you remember you have to remember like through the late 90s and the early 2000s we got a lot of these end of the world movies you know deep impacts and Comet killers and all these things were thrown around that we were all gonna die and that really kind of starts in my opinion with outbreak i think which is like 92 93 with dustin Hoffman a brilliant scene where they show the spread of the disease in a movie theater while you're sitting in a movie theater watching it, hmm. and uh, and you're like, and that that really like, if anybody, it, like it was a maybe like it was a, it was perfect cinematic filmmaking, but it probably gave everybody the creeps.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I
0: think that movie stars like a young LL Cool J.
1: Oh, really? And then uh, 2013 was North Korea is going to cause World War III. And then 2014 was Ebola virus is going to kill us
0: all. Now, Ebola was serious because, like, I knew Ebola was bad. That doctor got it. Um, He goes around speaking, giving his testimony of faith, how he relied on God to get through that, and the life-saving measures that were taken to help him. And it's pretty extreme. Ebola is no joke.
1: Oh, I mean... If coronavirus had the numbers yeah. that, like, the percentage likelihood of dying from it that Ebola had, yeah, I'd yeah. be as freaked out as, as the scared people. But out remember, there. like, but it doesn't, yeah. But, but
0: remember, this is crazy. this is the people in charge, which <laughs> Biden was in that administration at the time. They said, "Hey, one of our people just got Ebola. We should bring that person." There was actually a couple of people. We should bring them back to the United States, and we should we should re, we should because we're so good apparently at 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 keeping control of deadly diseases Mm -hmm. as evidenced by the last 18 months so back then they literally made that choice to bring ebola to the united states with that human hubris of we can control this that is one of the most dangerous things about the left and it is the difference between the left and the right and conservatives and and the left the the conservative has the innate belief in the fallibility of humans and and that's why you have conservation. You conserve the things that work to protect humanity from the evil and the stupid, stupid ignorance and the pride that is in humanity. And then you shift over to the left, the extreme hardcore left, and they live under this delusion that they are gods, that they are the masters of the universe, that they can control every situation, that they can throw up a wall of words, that they can lie to you always for this nebulous greater good. And those are the people that just hit the entire world with a biological weapon. You know, yeah. whether that was on purpose or what they're trying to say is, oopsie, we made a mistake and destroyed your civilization.
1: So you guys are either super evil yeah. or really yeah. stupid. Yeah. But I and but you should have you should have <laughs> known
0: when exactly. Obama said, yeah, bring the guy back with one of the most deadly diseases in the world that causes your organs to liquefy and your eyeballs to bleed back to the United States.
1: And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the likelihood of dying if you get it is like it's over 50%. And I want to oh, say it's, it's ri- like no. over 75%. No, I think it's 80%. like around 80 or 90. Yeah, like like it's you, crazy. you get full blown
0: Ebola, that's yeah, you might as well just eat a barrel.
1: Yeah, You're it done. is so crazy. So then, uh, the next year, 2015, ISIS is going to kill us all. Well, that's and true. Then, <laughs> 2016, <laughs> those bastards were crazy. Yeah, 2016. Z- but then,
0: but then Trump killed ISIS, yeah. which is kind of funny, they don't talk about that. Yeah. It's funny.
1: 2016, Zika virus is going to kill us. Wow. Zika
0: was very interesting, and Zika, Zika was kind of jacked up. Like, you want to have a baby with a little head? Get Zika. Really? Yeah, that's what Zika did. Like, it, it came through South America, and if a mosquito bit you, and then you got pregnant, you got one of them shrunken head babies. Whoa, that's yeah. crazy. It I is kind. Zika was a weird one. Wow. But it, but it was legitimate. But. And the big numbers and the schemes, and when people understand the mass of humanity and the protections that can be taken, and just the fact that life is dangerous and all these things, all of these things were the constant fear simmer to remind us that life is dangerous, that you can die, and that government is doing their best to protect you. And we've now reached the fever pitch moment in 2021 when government is literally back to Vietnam, to the uh, war machine in Vietnam, saying... Uh, We have to destroy the village to save it. And that's what they're literally doing right now. We have to destroy your life to save it. Now, they don't say it in those terms. They like to use the term the new normal. The new normal, like it's a show, Mm-hmm. Like, it's a show on... I think it was a show, actually. That was actually. a show, I think. You know, but that's the prep. That's the psychological warfare. That's the CIA in Hollywood. The new normal starring Anne Heche and Ellen DeGeneres, in which <laughs> everything is fucked up beyond belief. Sorry, <laughs> Mom. A little, little stress today, Mom. But, like, you know, my mom was pretty pissed today, this morning, too. So, another story. But we're all getting pissed, but we're all starting to see what's happening. I will clean up my language. Sorry, Mom. But it is kind of like they use that advertising that propaganda the new normal but that's not what new normal means what the new normal means is we need to destroy the life that you set out at 18 years old to build for yourself a lot of people who listen to this podcast are really smart and have made some very conscientious decisions about how they want to lead their life they are not generally like the ones that i know and i think it's most of them they're not people who are reactive helpless victims These are people who approached their life and said, you know what? In five years, I want this. In 10 years, I want this. And they worked hard to do those things. And they accomplished. And, like, I know just, you know, like, just take M.A. Rothman. That guy has, I think he told me, 900 patents. Wow. You know, like, there are people that have built their life the way that they wanted to build their life under the terms and conditions laid out in the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution, saying life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, go have your fun. Just don't make life hard on anybody else. Don't be a problem. And now they're being told, well, um, the way you want to live your life is inconvenient, and that money that you have is really ours, and you didn't build that. And it's all ours and we want to give it to Afghan warlords so they can stuff it in helicopters full of cash. And we want to make sure Nancy Pelosi's husband gets money and all the people. We want to make sure that we all leave with our snouts full from the money trough, while meanwhile your taxes got raised, you got charged more fees on your cell phone, there's more strange, ca- strange charges on your car, you can't have your car, You're washing, your dishwasher doesn't actually wash dishes like the old dishwasher, nothing works anymore because we're trying to save your life and that's just the new normal. And today was, the new normal is, you have to participate in a science experiment that may be a miracle. May really be helping people. But I've seen enough injured people and heard enough stories to say, I don't think it's worth the risk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think, and that's just risk assessment. Yep. I'm a pretty healthy guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the, I don't have any comorbidities. You don't
1: even take any medications. I don't
0: take any medications. I'm not 80 years old. You know, and so I go, ah, my risk assessment is I'm just going to get it because apparently people with vaccines get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to just rely on the immune system. And if I had other problems or whatever, then I, I think a doctor would say, you know, I think this is a good idea for you. And I would weigh that out. Probably so would get it. But I would at least weigh it out. But it's really only about my mortality. Mm-hmm. And now what Joe Biden is saying today, Juicebox Joe, guy who can't get anything right. Like, can you name anything he's gotten right no. in the seven months he's been in charge? Can you name any truth that he's told? Everything he told trying to get elected was a lie. Where's the people who got their student loans canceled? They didn't do that.
1: I saw something about that They say it, but they're never going to do it. I actually needed to click on the article, but it said for certain people. So I have a feeling I know who those certain people
0: are. It's not everybody who's like, I racked up 90 in debt and Joe's going to let me go so I can live my best life. (laughs) That's not happening. So... um, I say all that to say that the government has arrived at a point where they're saying you can't live your life unless you live it exactly the way that we want to. And there was a lot of like it's time to force these people. Um it's time to send like there is a CIA director former CIA CIA director huh. who said we should all be we are the American Taliban who don't, who refuse to get mass. That's been coming out called that last week. And we should and send we that. should we should be sent to Afghanistan and yeah. they should have the America that we pay for and build. So, we are reaching this fear pitch in which the country will either accept the yoke and the chain or it will be b-i-o-l-e-n-c-e and i'm pretty sure it's going to be violence pretty sure i know it's going to be violence for one side i know one side is absolutely prepared for violence and it's not the side you think it's not the gun bro vet bro we've got plate carriers They're they're prepared but they that's just fun for them they do that anyways I think there's some serious people who are prepared, but most people aren't. But I think I pretty know much for cavemen know much for sure. Pretty <laughs> caveman shirt sure, certain. Caveman, caveman certain as big bright fiery orb rising sky. <laughs> um, the, the government has prepared for a lot of ultraviolence. Yeah. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories about what's stored where and mm-hmm. what's waiting for you should you choose to rely on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it's probably coming to that because that's how Americans are. And this government seems to not want to accept any sort of, like, dissent. And they're not afraid of you. And they think everything that you have is theirs. And they're going to prove it over the next four years. And I mean everything. They think your money is theirs. They think your property is theirs. They think their kid is... Your kid is there. That's probably the most theirs. sacred thing. Yeah. And finally, what we've arrived at is they think your health is there. And they're going to prove it to you. Look at the chokehold videos from Australia. You know, look at the video surfacing right now about them just going after and arresting people. and Bol- I mean, it's just Orwellian. And they would do it here today if they could.
1: Exactly. So then, interestingly, they seem to have skipped... 2017 2018 and 2019 but you you thought basically what it was well just that was Trump Trump, 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 Trump,
0: Trump was Trump's the worst the thing ever thing. I mean we just <laughs> lived through that like yeah. everything was Trump uh, Trump is Hitler yeah you know the the, la- the right is you know like uh, no that was yeah. the fear was us
1: yeah they didn't need anything you know else.
0: and now you have all these fetal children
1: and then it was 2020, yeah. of course, coronavirus is going yeah. to kill us all. And then they just said the truth. But it didn't. The truth is fear is going to kill you. Yeah. Turn off the TV. Yeah. I was like, yep.
0: That's the fear. Fear will kill you dead. Fear yeah. will kill you dead. The stress will give you cancer, create inflammation, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And and I think the realization that I think the thing that... I think the thing that I feel today is... The realization that you will never allowed to be have uh, allowed to be ha- allowed. Cavemen can't speak.
1: <laughs> you did too much All- writing. <laughs> allowed
0: <laughs> to be able to have a normal life that you want, short of violence. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's going to be violence because they're not going to let whatever you whatever you think where you think. Oh, like if I just put on the mask, if I just lock down. If I just get this shot, if I just get this booster, you know, like all of these things, I know deep down inside each person, each person is saying, if I just do this thing and we all do it together for this time being, two years, I'll get my life back. And I think you need to realize today, no, you won't. Yeah. If you'd keep doing the things that they want you to do, that is a dirt farmer dangling a carrot in front of a mule. And you're never going to get that carrot. You're just going to keep plowing that field. You're only going to get back your life if you take it back. And let's just leave that at there. So now our second article was insane.
1: Which one are you talking about?
0: Mil- the, uh, Mil- oh, okay. pan.
1: Yeah, so the other quick thing about the thing we were just talking about is there was another thing that was more like a picture or a meme um, that we'll post too, and it, it was sort of the same things that I just said, the health-related ones, the health scares, but it's literally Time Magazine covers from all those years with all the, like, health scares, so we can, like, post that too, because it just kind of shows you, like, oh, wow, that's crazy, but, okay, back to what you were saying, yeah, so I think we've mentioned him before, Dr. Mike Eden, who... um it basically was a high up Pfizer executive, but very specifically.
0: And a doctor, like. A yeah, doctor, doctor yeah, and of, like a. Not just um, like some shlomo in a suit.
1: Yeah, no, like like a vaccine and virus kind of researcher, or everything like that, like top guy scientist doctor guy.
0: We've listened to him kind of from the beginning.
1: Yeah. He's yeah. Just he's not, British. He's
0: not any kind of like he, like the picture of sobriety mm-hmm. and and um research and not someone who's caught up in any kind of freedom movement.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, basically when all the... But his case bombshell you're not was like...
0: And even he was like, I've got to research this more. But I'll, I'll try to break down the story the way that I understand it and then, and then you can say it. But basically, what he noticed in UK hospitals is a doubling of a shipping order for a specific surgery-grade tranquilizer drug that really can be used to euthanize people. It's so powerful. Yeah. And it's called... Mydazolam. Mydazolam. That's it. And he noticed in the months before COVID hit, even before it was out there, that UK hospitals were doubling up their orders on this. And then through the entire coronavirus no one used any officially and then somehow he checked the storage levels and it had been prescribed and used but there was no there was no tracing of it
1: i believe though what it was is the, they stocked up like in the, about the year and a half or so Excessively. before COVID. Yeah, yeah excessively, excessively. And didn't use any at all. And didn't use so any. So the at usage all. just dropped to like zero, but they were stockpiling it and then actually they used a ton of it, like a huge spike of it at actually the beginning of COVID, it seems right.
0: Like, like yeah. now what was going on at the beginning of of COVID?
1: Um, like the highest amount of people were dying.
0: Yeah. And where were they dying at?
1: In nursing homes and, and hospitals. hospitals.
0: Yeah. And so basically what Madaza plan does cavemen can't speak drug language. Um, but what it does is it basically when you're you know, having lung problems or breathing problems, it sedates you and your heart rate zeroes out and you're dead. But remember, they were doing all that. We're counting all the deaths as COVID. And this is something that could be administered. And remember relatives and people weren't allowed to be in hospitals to see their loved ones. And we're just told like, sorry, she's gone. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. So And then, but there was somehow how where he saw the usage was heavy, but you couldn't track how it had been prescribed. And then he checked the storage or something like that. We'll post this article in the comments and what he's talking about and the graph, which is pretty stunning. But what it leads me to believe or to, to posit, this would be the question I would posit. Not belief yet, because I think that, I think this is a big claim and i think it needs to be researched before you go slinging it around
1: but i found his kind of statement that he wrote well, yeah, about it yeah, so yeah, i can i yeah, can read that. read that um so he's kind of refute he's refuting a website called full fact which is like one of those fake fact checking websites so that's what he's talking about right at first and then he goes on to kind of explain what he's talking about so i'll read the whole thing it's not too long Our friends at Full Fact, which is staffed by professional liars peddling disinformation and misinformation, are denying inappropriate use of the sedative midazolam. The authors used used appear to be unqualified to cover the subjects they write about, with the exception of their facility in telling lies. In the current Hans Christian Andersen story, they admit that the NHS stockpiled midazolam, but implied this was only once extraordinarily increased use was occurring and was anticipated to continue. The dates don't add up though in UK. And additionally, the entire medical management would be wrong for people with respiratory virus illnesses. Judge for yourself. In late 2018, for a year, almost none was prescribed, building a stockpile long before SARS-CoV-2 arrived. Midazolam is a sedative which causes respiratory depression. It has a controversial profile, being used in the USA as a component in a three-component lethal injection execution method in some states. It was also a component of the so-called liverpool care pathway wherein care was withdrawn and iv midazolam instigated for end-of-life care note the 10 month zero prescription dates which are before any hint of a new respiratory virus had occurred That is stockpiling ahead of any rational basis to do so. Unless, of course, it was planned to use very large amounts in spring of 2020, which is what happened. At some point during March 2020, a major supplier, Accord, sold its entire two years stock of midazolam. Mysteriously, I can only find reference to March 2020, never the precise date. Why might that be? anyone has the order date, please let me know. I suspect it's earlier rather than later in March 2020, and if so, the facade will be destroyed because they had not seen sufficient patients in extremists at that time. By the way, mechanical ventilation is an inappropriate course of action in the vast majority of cases of respiratory virus infection because COVID-19 is not an obstructive disease but one in which in severe cases gas exchange is impaired. The correct solution is an oxygen mask. When this was introduced in Italy deaths fell fast. The furor about car makers and vacuum cleaner companies being asked to make basic ventilators rang loud bells for me. Mechanical ventilation is a very difficult procedure at the best of times. If previously healthy people are put on a ventilator, unless the anesthetist is experienced and understands how to quote, fly their patient, and there are many adjustments needed for that, their lungs can rapidly be injured. When I heard of huge numbers of transport ventilators from ambulances being used, I knew this wasn't at all appropriate. It was much more plausible that this was a controlled death procedure. I was blue-pilled at the time, March 2020, but was on high alert because nothing was making sense. I was calling around medical and academic friends, and they were oddly withdrawn, and I could tell they didn't want to talk to me. It's simply inappropriate for large numbers of elderly and unwell people to be given IV midazolam. They're likely to die. Given what we know, and adding to this some whistleblower testimony... I'm aware of an open legal letter having been sent to UK government asking questions, though I'm not involved in any way. It's hard to resist this conclusion, that a plan existed well before 2019 to terminate large numbers of people.
0: So that's from a guy who I found to be a conscientious researcher, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: someone who's been looking into the truth, and and the summation of it is this. Um, Well before COVID, they stockpiled a drug that is used to end people's life either via euthanasia, which they do in Europe, or via lethal injection, which we kind of do in the United States, not so much anymore. Um, So a death drug. It was stockpiled. Now, this is just the UK. It would be interesting to find out in the United States. Doctors and a lot of healthcare providers have got the fear of something put in them right now. But if there's anybody who's kind of can search around or knows medical professions and You know, could kind of look at this and ask, you know, what was the midazolam usage? You can go back to spring 2020 when Trump was on his, you know, we're going to make all the ventilators in the world because I think he was being told by Fauci ventilators were the key to success. Here is a doctor saying ventilators are absolutely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'd lay that at Fauci, not Trump.
1: Because we were listening to every single press conference yeah, every at the single time. Th- I remember Fauci going on and on about that. And, I mean, Trump's not a medical yeah. expert. And, we like, I think I thought at first, like, oh, this is really important. Oh, wow, it's a good yeah. thing they're making a bunch because I didn't
0: know. But you could see the doctor crowd and the hospital administrator crowd, you know, like, I play God every day in that OR, you know, <laughs> like, saying, we'll prescribe medazolam, and their life is over. Look at her. She's a shriveled up, dried up old prune. You know, she's going to die in two years anyways. Midazolam, I'll send her into the gentle good night and you can see Dirt bags like Cuomo and Newsom and Whitmer saying like wow and this gets rid of so much uh, Socialized care and pension stuff and blah 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 and you can have a lot of frontline administrators uh, frontline nurse practitioners people like that or you know Whatever you want to call it, but people who are just being told like hey prescribe midazolam Get it out and give it to them. It'll help them to relax Maybe, you know, like and they could have given him like it'll help him breathe and blah blah blah. I don't know but like You don't think it's possible for people to do those things But they have done those things you don't think anybody would ever come up with a chemical called Zyklon B and shoot it into some showers and Kill people left and right they did they did do that. They did do that and I always thought it was odd that the elderly died in such vast numbers as soon as they were given care they didn't die out on the street they didn't die in cars they didn't die at home they went into care situations and died in mass and then governors and this is fact governors eschewed trump's programs protocols to help them with hospital ships Mm -hmm. and emergency military hospitals and instead shoved more of them into these situations where we were told oh covid's such a killer it's just killing them all yeah is that killing them or are they being prescribed sedatives that zero out their heart rate that they die i don't know and so it feels right with kind of every it feels like another piece of the puzzle but this would be a really big piece and i would assume that this would be very protected. And, and so I think it needs more research and it needs to be followed up on, but just even that alone, what I've heard is pretty damning stuff.
1: Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, um, I don't know. I mean, and I think it, it makes you sometimes go, well, all like so many doctors and nurses couldn't have been in on it. True. But it's it's more that like these dictates come down from on high, basically probably a World Health Organization, possibly the FDA. So it's like most of them are just following protocols that they've been given. It's not as though. Here's
0: here's what I know. Like and we'll wrap it up here for today. If you get a chance, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Just finishing up Forgotten Ruin. And I think that there will be some really cool stuff coming for the foundation members who win at the hundred dollar level next week uh, as I get the NFTs finished up for them. That'll be really cool. Um, More chapters of Strange Company will be there for the private listeners and things like that. So if you get a chance, subscribe. We would really love that. I keep getting banned on Facebook, so I don't know how that'll last. But I would just say this last thing. Ivermectin is a Nobel Peace Prize winning drug that is prescribed around the world to people in subtropical situations to fight parasites and disease. So notice what I said there. People fighting disease in hostile biological environments. It's a pretty severe drug. As in, like, it really goes into, like, if you've ever heard of, what was it, river blindness, where parasites lay, flies lay eggs in your eyes and cause blindness. Ivermectin clears that out. So, it's safe for people. As I understand it, they hand it out around the subtropics in the, like, candy. Like, go into a hotel and then just dip your hand into the ivermectin. They don't do that, but... But ivermectin is is something that's safe, and it was so good and so effective that they gave the guy who invented it a Nobel Peace Prize. Japanese guy. Okay. The FDA comes out this weekend and says, unless you're a horse or a cow, you don't need to be taking ivermectin, you fucking idiots. Excuse me. But that was the tone, like the the typical leftist tone of like, we're going to humiliate you by being something stupid and saying something that's patently untrue. People, as I said, take ivermectin to fight disease. The FDA, who just approved this drug and who gets 50%, 40 to 50% of its funding from the people who make the drugs, tried to tweet and say that only an idiot would take a Nobel Peace Prize winning drug unless you were an animal.
1: That's been being used for, I think, about 30 years, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: yeah, so that's the disingenuous nature Of the medical profession right there. The government medical profession arm of medicine prescribing it for making people well. And here's the last key. There are people now being refused treatment by the TikTok dancing nurses and by the I play God every day in the OR doctor arrogant crowd that tells us that they're all better than us because they went to some stupid medical school. And then they have to go and look stuff up on Google, you know, and their personal lives are a mess. And half the time they're drug addicts, you know, and they're they're here telling us that they're not going to treat us unless we get an experimental vaccine that's killing people. So should you trust the FDA? Nope. But on the basis of that, should you are, are doctors not complicit in the in this? No, half of them are narcissistic. Narcissistic is a big one sociopaths who think that they're God. And so a God would say, well, Betty Sue has lived a long and good life and these ventilators are in short supply. They're going to be, I know they're going to be, I know this COVID is going to wipe out the entire city and I, and Betty Sue is 82 and she's got maybe six months left with six comorbidities. So let's give her a little midazoplam. And that's how they think. And that's the kind of monsters that are caring for you. The thing that concerns me right now is, if you're not going to play their game, medical care is going to be a problem. And I was told that these were the frontliners. I was told that these were the people. I, I was told that these were the heroes. But apparently, the heroes only care if you're if you have the right politics and the right stuff. So that's where we're at. It's pretty grim. It's decision time. It's the end game. I would say now is your decision where you get to decide if you're going to go to crime scene number two. And I'm going to tell you, you won't like crime scene number two. In sort of criminology and things like that, a crime oftentimes happens at crime scene number one, and the criminal convinces you to go to crime scene number two. Most people don't survive crime scene number two. That's where women get raped. That's where people get shot in the back of the head. In the walk-in freezer. Don't go to crime scene number two on this one. And that's the podcast.